Welcome to Love What You Do, Do What You Love podcast. I'm Celeste Wong, aka The Girl in the Cafe. I'm a cafe barista, actress, hospitality specialist turned coffee, travel and lifestyle entrepreneur. Over the years, over the counter, I've been inspired by thousands of successful, passionate and courageous people who love what they do and do what they love. In each episode, I'll bring you an inspiring person or message to help you create a life of independence and abundance, doing what you love and loving what you do. Let's get into it. Hi guys, this is a new addition to the Love What You Do podcast. The next few episodes are live coffee conversations with amazing, inspiring people that I've had on Lucifonica Radio in Portugal. They were so insightful and interesting, I thought they were perfect to share here with you on the Love What You Do podcast because all of these people love what they do, but also have inspiring journeys to share. My guests had to choose songs based on my four questions, which informed very interesting conversations. For rights reasons, they've been taken out, but you can link to the playlist in the caption or website. It's been a hot minute, but I hope you'll enjoy these new episodes. Let's get into it. Hello, hi, I am Celeste Wong from The Girl in the Cafe, and welcome to my Coffee and Conversations live radio spot with the amazing Lucifonica Cafe and International Radio Station. For those of you who are hearing or seeing me for the first time, I've been a professional in the specialty coffee industry for well over a decade, and I talk mainly about coffee, a bit of business, uh, but also lifestyle, which includes quite a few things. And of course, I love to share conversations with incredible, inspiring people over a coffee, of course. Coffee and music connects us in so many ways through our emotions, and I believe that it brings out our humanity. So we're better to connect with great people over coffee and music in Kashkai's very own cafe and live radio station, Lucifonica, where I'll be bringing you this, so to speak, coffee break show over the next few weeks and maybe even through the next year. I hope that you get inspired and get all the good vibes because I'll be interviewing inspiring people from all walks of life, from coffee, music, art, fashion, and much more. They will be choosing songs based on four questions that I ask them. So stay tuned to find out because so far the playlists have been awesome and I can't wait to hear my next guest's playlist. Uh, So today we are going to get right into it and start with our second session with my guest who is none other than fashion designer Robert Galler who has had an incredible international career which I can't wait to hear more about. Hi! Hi! (laughs) Hi Robbie! Welcome! How are you doing? I'm doing great. I think maybe let's first start with um, telling us a little bit about yourself and yeah and what you do and um, yeah. I'm originally from Germany, but I studied in the States and then <clears throat> sort of started my career in New York. I started working at Marc Jacobs in 2001. I was there for oh. about two years. And then I, um, I started my first brand in 2003, which was a menswear brand with another guy yeah. f- uh, that I'd met at Marc Jacobs. Uh, and we called it Cloak. And it was really, it was super exciting time. Pretty soon we had um, a really cultish great following we were in the great stores and um and sort of built a name for ourselves um but i was only 25 years old and running the business was quite difficult it was hard to 
to make money from it. Yeah, so you were already, so you had already been to Mark Jacobs and then you um, we went out started, on our own. We went yeah, out on just your the own. Two so, of us. Yeah, oh super God, young. that's so ballsy. It was, yeah. My partner was, was 10 years older, so he had a little bit more experience, but both of us were designers. So we didn't really know how to deal with production yeah. uh, or the financial side of it. Mm -hmm. But we had all of the success from the outside. We were in the great stores, we were in all the magazines and stuff. So it helped me sort of launch my career. Yeah. But I had left after, after three years because I just, like I didn't want to go and then, you know, borrow three hundred thousand dollars from the bank, and I, it was just too much for me at that point. It's quite interesting to see, like, um, firsthand, I guess, for you, um, that, you know, the the sort of from the outside how things can look, and then like what's really going on. What was that kind of? There's a like? lot of that in the fashion industry. I think there's mm. only a few brands that are really making money. Um, what do you think of that? Like, what? Yeah. I think it's a very attractive. Um, place to be people want to be in the fashion industry mm -hmm. and people come into it with money and uh it also takes some time to get the company there to to make money so the ones that have lasted for for time are the ones that have been able to sustain themselves because it's just also a very expensive thing to do yeah to put these collection after collection and to have your fashion shows and all of these things um what made you want to get into fashion it's funny actually i went to study photography Oh yeah, <laughs> my dad's a photographer, and oh, sort of cool. what I wanted to do. But it was my time. I went to Ro the Rhode Island School of Design, which is a really great design school in um, in Providence, in, yeah, in the states. And um, you know, I'd worked for two years as an assistant for a photographer. I'd grown up in the studio basically, and I got there. And I said, okay, I've got these. After the foundation year, I have these three years to do really learn whatever I wanted, and I was quite advanced with the technical stuff in photography already. And said, let me try something new yeah i'd always had i wanted to go into fashion photography i was interested in fashion right i thought that i was lacking the illustration skills a little bit but then during that foundation year i was drawing a lot and a lot and i really learned that i could do it transferred into fashion design and graduated from there oh amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well let's uh let's get into the first song actually so my first question to you is what is the perfect song to drink coffee to and i've got my well, we've both got our coffees here <laughs> yes, right now. Yes, the best coffee Cheers. in the area. Do you want to um, introduce what your mm -hmm. perfect song to drink coffee and we'll is? We'll talk about why afterwards. Should we yes, do that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'll definitely be asking you that. <laughs> the first song is, is a song called Casio mm -hmm. by Jungle. And uh, it's very different than the three other songs, but it's just a great mood song. Awesome. And here it is. And that, again, that happened to me last time. Finished really abruptly. <laughs> we get talking in between the uh, the the songs and, and, you know, we get a bit carried away. But that was Casio by Jungle, which was released in 2018 on their second album, Forever, by British Neo Soul Band. So tell me, Robbie, why did you choose that song to drink um, coffee to? <laughs> So for me, coffee represents sort of the morning and how you start your day. And within our house, we have three girls, my wife. We like to create a nice mood in the morning. So um, I first heard the song probably like a few months ago when uh, we were having dinner with our mutual friend Imogen and Lachlan. Mm. And they played it in this restaurant called Denoy. It's my favorite restaurant oh, yeah. in, in Lisbon. I don't know if I've been there yet. It's, uh, it's one to really go on the great. List, yeah, yeah Denoy. Um, and we, I, I just 
Shazammed it or whatever, and then yeah. I started listening well, to it. Well, you're yeah. like, what's this? <laughs> and then I started listening to it in the morning, so we're taking a shower, at, at breakfast with with the kids, and in the car going to to uh, to school. But I just associate it with sort of hanging out, having a good groove, drinking a coffee, and starting your day the the right way. Yeah, it's really important. Like you do so much thinking and just so much sort of like. Yeah, starting your day, like starting the day with like your intention or you're either like drinking, and co- I was thinking about this yesterday, like you're either drinking your coffee, sort of thinking about stuff and solving a problem or you're, you know, or you're having a conversation with someone or you're just like actually like in the moment, you know, and like as soon as a song comes on, you can just be transported, right? Absolutely. And it can really change your mood and it can change the whole like vibe of the day really yeah and i find it with with myself but also with with my my wife and kids like for if we kind of set the tone in the morning to have a good time it, yeah. it like it lasts through the day if we're stressed and we're late and we're you know running to the door while yeah. yelling at each other yeah. it takes a lot to get out of that so it does yeah. what's what is your uh your favorite go-to coffee in the morning um at home what yeah. would i make um, or what do you, yeah, what do you make at home and, you know, what would you order going, you know, at Lucifonica? Oh, yeah. No, I love, I love, I love a cappuccino with oat milk. Um, I'm a little bit lactose intolerant. I've actually gotten to really like the taste of, of yeah. oat milk, but yeah, I like a nice sort of creamy, foamy coffee in the morning. Cappuccino? Uh, yeah, cappuccino is yeah. my, my way to go, I think. Yeah. Do you make it and you make it at home as well? I do, but not nearly as good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear that the professionals are, are keeping it real. Um, sure. So, you know, you why did you move to Lisbon? Uh, we came here just over two years ago because we wanted to have an adventure year. The family we've been in New York, uh, Anna and I, my wife, we've been there for about twenty years. Um, wow, twenty years! Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't we know that you were there for that time. long. Oh wow. Uh, and, you know. Our kids were like nine, six, and four or three at that point. Just felt them growing up super fast. Um, and we wanted to take a year away just to travel around and see the world, see Europe. And so we picked Lisbon as our as our base because um, my wife's from Brazil, so we all speak Portuguese. Yeah. Um, it's sunny. It's in Europe. And I heard so many good things about it. So that's kind of how we came here. And then we fell in love and... <laughs> Almost, and yeah, you're still here. We're still here, and we don't we don't want to leave. Oh, that's so awesome to hear. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so shall we get into the next song? So my next question. It's a nice curly one for my guests. Uh, what is a song that represents or reminds you of the most challenging time in your life? So what song have you chosen today? Um, I've chosen the song "I Can't Escape Myself." by the sound let's play that and then i'm gonna definitely ask you about it and why (laughs) afterwards let's go and that was i can't escape myself by the sound an english post-punk band from their 1980s debut studio album Jeopardy. Uh, actually, almost 41 days, uh, 41 years to the day. I think it was November really? 1st that it came out. No way. Yeah, a little bit of research <laughs> there. <laughs> That's um, good. So can you tell me a little bit why, you know, why you chose this song and what was going on for you to choose this as your most challenging yeah, uh, this you know, time a, in your life? 
uh, uh, sort of a very challenging time work-wise um, because I had, after I had left Cloak, um, I had then started um, my own brand just on my own called Robert Geller. Oh, right, name. yeah. And that was in partnership with a Japanese production company. They had actually contacted me, having seen what I had done with Cloak and wanted to work with me. So that was a really great situation because then they would handle the production, they would handle the finances and all the things that I really wasn't that good at. And as a creative, the creators don't really like to do all that other things. Yeah, we were trying, but like with the first brand, but it's just so, it's just so much to do it all. Um, So this was a really great partnership where I could concentrate on what I do well and they could concentrate on what they do well. And that's where... I think the, the base of the success really, really was. So we had, um, you know, we had the North American market, um, which sort of my wife and I focused on in terms of distribution and things, and they yeah. had the Asian market. So Japan was a huge market for us. America, of course, Canada and stuff. And um, everything was going very well, which the next song is a little bit more about the happy times. But this is about a challenging time and... Um, one morning, actually the morning after the spring summer 2013 show, we walked into, or I came into the office early in the morning because we were supposed to ship out all of our samples um, yeah. that we had had in the show back to Japan so they could start their sales season. And um, and there were two Japanese guys that I was working with at the time um, that were also kind of connected to to the company in Japan. They were in the office waiting for me, and they told me that the president had just been arrested and that the company was on lockdown, seized by the government, basically. What? Yeah. Like, crazy. He had done some super shady stuff after the Fukushima incident. Like, okay. Claimed more damages to his company than there really were. Right. Had nothing to do with us. But, but you, didn't, it put but us you into, didn't know about any of this. No, not, yeah. no, I had no. nothing to do with it. He, he was the one that, that's, it wasn't even part of what we, we did. Yeah. His company was a big company. We were a small part of it. Um, so completely surprised and completely just sort of like, if we had sent those samples the day before, the, the, the brand would that'd have be, been done. That'd be done, yeah. We would have been done. We wouldn't have the samples. God. We wouldn't have anything. So from one day to the second, from one day to the next, we were basically without the production partner without the financial partner and over the next like three months we were like we we're able to find a new partner we're supposed to, we we're able to get all of the you know you have to know all the buttons all the all of the the, the makings all the all patterns the details, all the things they yeah. had all of that oh so you didn't have any did you not have access to it no but we had good friends in the company that that would really like they snuck in at oh, night God. to get the stuff for us like crazy really we could make a movie about how this and we were able to deliver everything to all the stores on time the, the the season and like we didn't really miss a beat it's crazy but super super challenging time <laughs> i mean we didn't sleep i didn't sleep for many many nights and, i can uh, see you reliving this almost in front <laughs> yeah, of me and it's there, like yeah. it's still it's it's interesting because how it's so, so visceral when it like affects you so much like mentally as well yeah definitely because fashion is such like if you don't deliver for one season mm-hmm. the stores put somebody else and you you're not coming back like, and that's also like it's designed for a it's designed for a season, right? It's yeah, definitely. It would have know, been. I mean, that would have been been gone. But you can't just say, okay, sorry, the season we can't deliver. We'll be back next mm. season. It doesn't work like that with stores. So mm. they need to fill it, and they'll fill it with somebody else. So it was so important for us to continue. And really, the timing. If it was the day before, they would have just the government would have just seized the samples and done. Did you? What have you learned from that experience? 
Um, I think it gave me confidence. Like, I mean, there's not many things in your business mm. that could go that much more wrong. And because of the amazing people that we had met and because of the great people that were working on this project, we were able to to get through it, you know. But it was it was tough. I was going to say, you, it, it must have been such an experience to, to go through all of that mentally and then also come out of it on the other side feeling like you could do anything because it was like... At the time, it sounded like an impossible feat, right? It did. Yeah. Do you have anything, like, do you have a conscious process? Like, um, you know, when now that you've gone through that, are you aware enough? Like, what's your attitude to um, to challenges, both personal and professional? Like, if something confronts you? I think you? Through, through experience and through time and through times like this, challenging times um, or times when you get challenged or challenge yourself and you come through it on the other end it just builds your your confidence sort of naturally mm -hmm. and so each time you approach a new challenge you feel more confident that you can handle it so you get less nervous you get less sort of uh, distraught by by these challenges um, I think it's a process of life I think that's why people usually as they get older they start to feel more confident in themselves and is there um, a, is there a pro like a conscious process for you like do you sort of stop and go okay, I know that there's this, like, difficult thing coming up. And do you, like, is there something specific that you tell yourself? Or is it just more, has it kind of become a bit more yeah, naturally I don't, I don't organic? Yeah, I don't have a process for it. Um, I do do very conscious breathing if I get nervous. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, just a very sort of slowing down. I mean, this is very basic, but it, it's, like, magical. If you get really nervous in a situation, which which sometimes it happens, you just feel anxious, sit down for like five minutes and then take the time to sort of breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds, breathe in. So this is really slowing down your breath and it helps you just to focus on that and it takes away, I mean, this is really yeah. like as basic as it gets. It's just all these different kind of breathing techniques that you can get into, but it really, it helps to calm your nerves. It's really incredible. I'm going to definitely take that one on board. Let's all take a breath right now together. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about, um, sorry, let's not talk a little bit more. I was going to say, let's talk a little bit more about the happier times. Um, what is your, so my next question for every guest is what is a song that represents or reminds you of your most victorious or happy time in your life? So the song, <laughs> the song that I picked for this is um, Husk by the band Blitz. Sorry. Do you want to repeat that? Husk by the band Blitz. That was me. And that was Husk by Blitz from the 1994 album, The Complete Singles Collection. Another... English post-punk rock band from actually Derbyshire in England uh, formed in 1980. I've, I just found a sad fact though. Um, on February the 10th, in uh, 2007, uh, Alan Paul Nigel Miller, the guitarist, mm -hmm. um, and the only member left after the breakup, was struck by a car on and died on impact while wandering into the freeway after a show in Austin, Texas. Ugh. Yeah, he was only 48 years old. That's horrible. Yeah. So that was... Don't go to Texas. No. Well, don't drive into the 
freeway yeah or on the other side of the road uh why did you choose this song this is actually yeah i mean it, it is a i think the compilation cool album was in came out in the 90s but it's originally from the from the 80s um yeah you can tell sort of the last two songs but generally i love the post-punk era it's uh, i can tell lots of good music um but i chose it, it was this was played um in i think it was 20 12 yeah 2011 was was the 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 show that we played it on but it was for the 2012 collection mm-hmm. um and it was just a time when everything was seemed to be going super well in my life 2010 our first daughter luna was born and then uh, anna was pregnant in 2011 we had our second daughter anise in in 2012 so family was super good um but we had also in 2012 i won the cfda award which is what is the cfda award <laughs> the cfda award is as i see it on your instagram and i'm like i don't actually know what that stands for can you tell me a bit more about yeah it's that? a council of fashion designers of america okay so yeah. it's the, the council oh, for fashion oh, it's a it's, huge yeah. a huge award right it's the biggest fashion. award there it's the oscars of fashion um it yeah. is as big as it gets and so there was a you know it was a, a night of of celebrities and and all the all the big designers and everybody was there i was very honored to be nominated there was one of three and then they they called my name when they get there with the winners it was just insane like really wow. insane because what was the process um they nominate sort of nominate. so the um for the award all the cfda members which includes everyone from like ralph lauren to um the the biggest uh, mark jacobs all the biggest american designers but then also uh, i think there's 300 members of the press that are international press that are part of it and um and they vote on sort of like who they think are the most exciting designers at the time wow and then yeah and then they pick three finalists and then they vote again to see who is the winner um and so it was a, a, a huge night i remember sitting next to my wife in the front row holding her hand and then they called my name and i just like it just went like numb like completely like, i don't remember what i said i remember like you know you give a speech up on stage and you didn't know your breathing technique back then did you? <laughs> yeah no i didn't actually it's true but i i remember sort of being backstage with a, this super heavy beautiful statue in my hand being like what just happened it's insane and that opened up a lot of opportunities for you and, and yeah so, it was yeah. like the another step in all of these you know it takes a lot of little steps to get to 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 get to somewhere where you really have success you know it's lots of little victories along the way but this a lot was, of challenges this, yeah lots of challenges of course but mm. you know it's um this was this was a really big one it's sort of like wow i had to check myself like this is that's in terms of the awards right i mean you can say what does that mean an award is opinion but it's opinion of the american fashion industry you know and like they like, thought that i was who, like everybody from from anna wintour to diane from Furstenberg to to like all the lead, leaders of the apparel industry and then the, the 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 head of of the um of the magazines and and so i mean and my peers my yeah. fellow designers and i think yeah. that is maybe even more important you know that's so cool and that's led you on to doing quite a lot of collaborations like what kind of collaborations have you done um, so know. the first sort of bigger one was in 2009 I had won an award which was the, the best no the best new menswear designer in America um, which is sort of given for up and coming talent super awesome yeah um, 
but that was in in collaboration also with the CFDA, but also with GQ magazine. And through that, I was able to do a collaboration with Levi's. Oh yeah. Uh, and for me, growing up in in Germany, Levi's was just the coolest. I think from like age thirteen to eighteen, I just wore Levi's five hundred ones, like old yeah. wash ones. Classic. All the time, and and so to be able to to go into the archive in San Francisco and to look at all the stuff and to really build something beautiful with with them was was super cool. So yeah. that was that was one. I mean, I've done a ton. Um, the shoe brand Common Projects, which is, I mean, it's it, it's really successful. It's super big, but started at the same time as my my brand. They're oh yeah, really super cool shoes. And you go to any of the best sort of fashion stores in the world they'll have the common project shoes um but starting in 2009 i started working with them and it's been like an ongoing collaboration because i just think that they make the, the coolest shoes um i work really great friends but then also like um when yeezy launched uh, kanye west um launched yeezy he called me yeah. and i consulted with him for a year and a half before the launch so Aww. I work with him side by side too. Because that's obviously a huge one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was also well, super famous, knows, but Yeezy yeah. became really, um, became really big as a as a brand. Yeah. And that introduced me to a lot of that sort of whole world with like Virgil Abloh and Jerry Lorenzo, who's become a really good friend of mine, who does Fear of God, and there's a really super cool group of people. Um, that were working with him at that time. I have to ask because I'm sure this is on everybody else's minds listening now what was Kanye West like uh, he's awesome For me, like, <laughs> we're on know, public radio I like, I like him I like him I like him much more than I thought I would from his sort yeah. of public persona yeah. before and he always treated me super well and we became really good friends mm. um, so yeah I really like him I think that some of his political things are I don't know I don't need to talk about that but. yeah well, you know, I mean, each to their own, right? We've all got our own opinions. Yeah. Um, and then just the, the, the latest one that I had done was with Lululemon, the, mm. the big sort of, uh, used to be more of a yoga brand, but now it's all kinds of sort of... Uh, active. Active yeah. lifestyle. Which is perfect because you're here in Lisbon and when I first met you, we were, sur <laughs> were surfing. Totally, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's a, it's a super good brand. Um, yeah. And I loved, I loved working with them. I worked with them for a year doing a, a collaboration. Oh. So it was a co-branded product. That was launched all over the world, like over 250 stores. Um, first big collaboration I'd ever done on the menswear side. Um, oh, I was just thinking Anna would be really, your wife would be really happy with that. Like <laughs> she got some of the pieces, stuff, yeah, because yeah, there's some stuff that's really unisex. So she definitely, it's a second collaboration we did women's wear as well, actually. Okay, so cool. yeah, she has a lot of this stuff. I think it's really inspiring that you're able to have like so much going on in your life, both professionally and personally, and being able to like be happy and kind of have such a strong sense of commitment and you know um and values you know what like how did what were you what was it like growing up for me growing up yeah in germany yeah i had a um my parents separated when i was quite young mm -hmm. but they they've been best friends ever since so i was very lucky that okay. um even though they weren't meant to be together they were both there f for me and and we still spend Christmas all together and stuff like that. I spent, you know, I moved around a lot. I was born in Hamburg and grew up there for a while. Uh, first with my dad, and then I am. Um, I moved to uh, LA with yeah. my mom and my stepdad for a few years. Then moved back to Germany. I lived in Paris for a while. So kind of moving around a lot. Um, 
But always having like a, quite a strong Always foundation. having a really yeah. strong... I have a, a brother and a sister that I'm very close with. Nice. Um, my whole family's coming here for Thanksgiving it's in two weeks. So, so it's just a sign of like we really... Yeah. We like being with each other. Um, and I think that gives you a lot of... Uh, a lot of confidence and hold to to do things that may be a little bit more scary. Mm. I mean, like going on and starting my own company with 25. Probably wouldn't have done it if, if I didn't feel like no matter what happened, I still had people that really cared for me and stuff. So I, yeah, family to me is, is first, for sure. Like if I had to choose between my career and my family, I wouldn't even have to think about it. Um, but I'm lucky that I've been able to do both, you know. I love it. <laughs> love it. Let's get into the next song. Uh, my last question and the last song for today is what represents or reminds you of either Portugal or home? So I'm letting my guests choose. So what, what's your song today? Um, this is for Portugal, which right now it's definitely I consider my home. It's uh, the song Looking for the Magic by the Dwight Twilley Band. That was Looking for the Magic by the Dwight Twilley Band. It's like a funny one to say. Uh, from the 1997 album Twilley Don't Mind. Actually, the um, I think he was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which my ex-boyfriend was Oh, really? From. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm not sure how I feel about that yeah. song. Um, <laughs> but tell me why this is uh, a great song to, um, that reminds you of... Well, it, does it remind you of home or... Um, Portugal. 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 But it's home. I think Portugal's home. Um, when we first moved here, you know, we we spent a lot of time driving around, driving around Europe, basically. Yeah. We drove up from here and drove th uh, to the north of Portugal, through Spain. And then uh, once we drove all the way from Sweden back home. So Sweden, Denmark, Hamburg, to Germany, France, Spain, all the way back. And so oh, wow. there was this playlist that we're listening to all the time. Um, and this was the first song. So whenever I hear the song, it reminds me of the like first kind of, of months of being here and like just falling in love with this country. And it reminds me actually of, um, I don't know, the, the beat or something. It reminds me a little bit of, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like, it's the Flying Nuns. Um, one of their bands like Tally Ho type. I can't remember. Uh -huh. I'll have to play it for you sometime, yeah. but I think you'll really like it. Actually from my hometown. Oh really? Yeah, like there's a, there was quite a big underground sort of um, punk yeah. scene um, in Dunedin, New Zealand. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds beautiful. And so what's the plan here? I mean... What do you love about Portugal the most? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to love, but it's just the, 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 the general... Um, the atmosphere, the vibe of, of uh, you wake up in the morning and most days it's just beautiful out. Um, this ocean and, 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 and palm trees and like, you know, places that sort of look like a vacation place, but it, it doesn't feel vacationing. It's just real. Like you can live your, your, your life here and people are here all the time. It's not like you come here and it's not summer and people are, yeah. have gone. It's yeah. not like that at all. Um, but there's this real feeling of like, First of all, there's there's a it's a magical place, mm. but it's sort of still being discovered in a way, and it's so much potential we were for talking it about to yeah. Day, I mean, yeah. in, in everything, there's lots of really cool sort of young creative people doing cool things, um, 
but it feels like it's at the beginning of something and that's what I really like about here I, I love the idea of being at the beginning of something that's really going to to grow and people are starting to pay attention to, yeah. to Lisbon from all over the world and people are talking about it um, a lot so I, I really love this idea of like being in a place where I can be a part of something really special and new yeah me too that's that's a a good note to to go off um so i you don't get to have all the fun i've um i've tried to actually i had a real i was trying to look look, look for a song to play us out today and I, I was like no that's not right and i was trying to get like the vibe of you know and then i was gonna do like a punk one and then i was like oh it might be too much but anyway Let's see how we go here. Uh, I have uh, chosen to play out today's session. Thank you, uh, Robert Geller. Um, but before, actually, before I introduce that, where can people find you on social media? Uh, on Instagram. That's sort of my main social media. I mean, it's also on, on, on Facebook. It's just Robert Geller, um, R-O-B-E-R-T-G-E-L-L-E-R. Pretty easy to find. Great. <laughs> and and you'll be able to like if you can join up with me, uh, the girl in the cafe, and Lucifonica, um, we will uh, repost this video and this uh, audio somewhere at some point. We'll let you know, and we'll also obviously tag Robert Gala in all of our uh, socials. So I'm the girl in the cafe with uh, hyphens all in between, and you can see all my stuff at thegirlinthecafe.co.uk and obviously thank you so much to Lucifonica Cafe and live radio station uh, online at lucifonica.com I'm going to play us out to one more cup of coffee by the White Stripes um, the 1999 cover version of Bob Dylan's song let's go <laughs> Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you were inspired or learned something or want to find out more, head over to thegirlinthecafe.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you'll be able to link to everything here at Love What You Do podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes because it helps this podcast's ranking so that more people can learn and enjoy the contents of the show. Have an awesome week, guys, and I'll be here with a coffee in hand to have more insightful conversations with my next inspiring guest. So many-